And like most things, the way that love is portrayed to us in movies and TV shows and all those popular books that we read so often is so watered down and so cheesy and gimmicky that it can almost give us this false idea of what love should be and what it should look like and never truly tell us how to connect and love in the way that actually matters, you know, in the way that's truly going to connect, in the way that's actually going to impact, in the way that others really need to be loved and the way that you need to be loved. Now a word from our season sponsor, Tuvu. Tuvu has quickly become one of my most favorite apps in the App Store. It is so incredible. It is changing the social media game in such a positive way. And it's actually an app that you're going to want to be on. It values a great algorithm and it values wholesome content this is an app you need to get on and you can have the whole year free just for being an inspiring honey podcast listener the link is down below in the show descriptions to click and go join that for free Hey friend, welcome to the Inspiring Honey Show podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle, and I am so thrilled to be able to sit with you and have this conversation on today's podcast episode. I am just so excited to talk with you today, and I'm really excited to talk to you about 10 ways to love from truth, from scripture, from the way that God is telling us to love. And I think this is a really important conversation to have. Um... And to have from a biblical standpoint and a biblical point of view with scripture because a lot of the times the way that love, and I wish you could see me because I'm doing air quotes, a lot of the times the way that love is portrayed to us in a worldly sense is just so watered down and it takes the focus off of serving and loving others And in a worldly sense, it puts the focus onto us. How can I feel loved? How can I be loved? And honestly, if you read scripture, if you look at the characteristics of Jesus, it's never really supposed to be about us. Everything we do is supposed to be about him and serving him. So the way we love others, that's what it comes down to too. It should never be self-focused, and and I think that's the issue with our culture, and I think that's the issue with the way that love is portrayed that can give us such a false sense and give us such an entitlement and a selfishness inbred into it from the very, very beginning. Now, I have always been somebody that loves romantic comedy movies. I love love. I love any movies where at the end the girl ends up with the guy and it's happiness and forever after love and cuteness and I've always been like that I remember being a little girl and always asking my parents can I watch this movie can I watch this movie about love and I remember just sitting in my parents room and watching uh, my big fat Greek wedding over and over and over again and the same with Sweet Home Alabama I remember watching Sweet Home Alabama over and over and over again and I remember watching Gilmore Girls and just being in love with the relationships in those shows and those movies and I remember playing with my dolls and playing these love scenes um like these romantic relationship scenes 
like where the girl gets the guy in a cute child, innocent way. But I remember always playing that way and just always loving love and, and just, you know, I'm still always down to watch romantic comedy. But um, I think as I have matured and, and experienced relationship myself and a relationship that's pursuing God and has Christ at the center of it, I have learned so much about what love actually is. And love isn't a million trillion flowers brought at your door and these fluffy ideas and these cute sayings and these, I don't know, what we can see in social media. Love isn't the pictures that you post or the caption that you write, but love is those little everyday actions that we do to selflessly serve that person and put them ahead of ourselves. And especially as a mother, um, God has taught me so much about love through being a mom. There is nothing my boys could do that would ever stop me from loving them. And there's nothing that I would want to do more than continuously put the boys and my husband ahead of myself so that I can love them and serve them And I think that's shown all throughout scripture that love is never about us. It's never about focusing on us, but to love is to serve others. And the the ways that we're going to talk about how to actually love those in our life today is going to be really contradictory to what the world says. And it's actually going to be focused on others. And it's not going to be what I think you're you're thinking it's going to be. It's kind of it's a whole different spin on it. You know, it's a biblical spin on it. It's not what you're hearing every day with a fluffy watered down version. It's not what you're seeing on social media with the ooey gooey captions and those cheesy videos, which, you know, I love that. I get it. But I think we have to have a real conversation about this and actually what love is. Um, Because love at the end of the day isn't what you can buy a person or what you can say to a person, but it's the actions. It's the way that you serve and it's the way that you desire to honor God in that relationship and how you keep him at the center of how you're loving others. And I will say that as my husband and I have been married for quite a few years now and as we have matured and grown both in our faith um, over time and we both are wholeheartedly pursuing the Lord uh, with our own relationships with the Lord, but together as a couple and then as a family uh, with our boys, it has evolved so much my idea of love um, and just really refined any of the thoughts I had before. And, And Christ has really just changed my view of it. And my prayer and my hope for having this conversation with you today is just that These ways that we're talking about, you may or may not be aware that these are ways to truly love the people in your life, but whatever you need to hear in this podcast, you hear, and however God needs to soften your heart or convict your heart, he does, Um, and just give you ideas of how to love people in a biblical way. The first way that we're going to talk about today is to listen without interrupting. And that is stemming from Proverbs 18. Now, just from personal experience, I know that when I have a conversation with somebody and they're interrupting me or cutting me off or kind of like, I don't know, not really paying attention, it it can kind of be hurtful. um, And you don't necessarily feel heard in those conversations or loved or appreciated or valued. So when you're constantly being interrupted, you know, you don't necessarily feel loved. I know 
I never feel loved when I'm being interrupted. So to love somebody else, one of the most important things we can do is to be a good active listener, to make sure that when they're speaking to us, that we're taking the time to intentionally hear what they're saying, to stop what we're doing and pause ourselves so that we can have a conversation and we can have listening ears so that we can hear what they need and we can love them better and we can serve them better through that. So the next way to love is to speak without accusing, and that's from James 1.19. And this is really important and equally as hard to do when there's conflict, when there's disagreement, when there's any type of tension, because it's so easy to point the finger. It's so easy to accuse, to pass the blame, to just cast it off onto someone else. But what's really hard to do is to look in the mirror to examine your own heart in the situation and to also not try to accuse, not try to tear down, but to practice self-control, which is truly only from the Holy Spirit, um, to practice that self-control, to tame our tongues, to be kind, and to put ourselves in the other person's shoes Because anytime that we're accused, it can feel really unloving because sometimes it may be true and sometimes it might not be. Um, But one of the best things we can do is to assume the best and to go in to any confrontation or any situation with a heart to love and a heart to learn, not a heart to accuse or tear down. The third way is to be able to give without sparing. Proverbs 21, 26. I think that this is such a wonderful example of love. Um, To give without sparing. And not in the sense where you're giving that you're bleeding yourself dry. But you're giving with a heart to give. You're not giving so that you can make a Facebook post or an Instagram post or you can get an applause. But giving because you genuinely want to. And it's not about a monetary value. It's not about how much you give financially. But how much can you give? Are you... um, loving others by giving your time, if that's all you can give? Are you loving others with your skills? Maybe you're a really amazing cook, and one way you feel like you can love that person in your life is to cook them a meal every once in a while and drop it off at their door. Maybe you're really talented at sewing, and you are donating your sewing skills to make a dress for your sister or to make a dress for your mom or whoever else. Or maybe you're really talented at just encouraging. So you're giving encouraging words to your family members and to um, those you encounter uh, and those who God is putting in your life to help you love um, or to, to prompt you to love. Whatever you're gifted in, whatever you are able and equipped to give as the Lord prompts, to give without sparing, to not hold back what you can do for others, but to selflessly give is such an amazing thing to do and such a wonderful way to love somebody. I have one friend who is just a excellent, excellent gift giver, and she is just one of the most thoughtful people um, I have ever met. And for every single child that I have had, she has brought in gifts, sent care packages, gone out of her way to bring meals, even when she didn't even live local to us. Um, And that really touched me and still continues to touch me. She lives a few hours away, and one of the ways that she 
loves us and shows her love is through giving the gifts that she knows is going to help and, and sending meals um, and bringing a meal when she came up to visit. And it, it just really touched me. Um, so whatever way you can give without sparing, whether that's your time, a talent, uh, food, or, or something like that, that is such an amazing way to love. The fourth way that we can truly show love is to pray without ceasing. And that's inspired by Colossians 1.9. Now, I actually had a conversation with one of my oldest friends today about prayer. Um, And we were specifically talking about how over the years, the Lord has changed our hearts and matured our hearts that in every situation, our first response now is prayer. Um, And we were going in depth about what God did to get us to that point, but I know personally, whenever there's someone that I feel the Lord prompting me to love, and I know they're the people that the Lord is really wanting me to love, um, and I think that's that's everyone we come encounter with, but those special people and those few people that the Lord really has in your life for your whole lifespan. Um, you know, those people that he's consistently putting in your heart that you're doing life with day in and day out to pray without ceasing. I cannot tell you the importance or the power of prayer enough. If you have not witnessed it, if you have not been in prayer, if you've not seen how prayer works or you do not know, um, the true testimony of it and you're doubting it, DM me. I have so many resources for you and so much to encourage you in because prayer is so powerful and prayer is so, so incredible. I have so many different testimonies and I can point you in so many different directions to give you clarity on that. But um, even I just got one of my friends who's getting married very soon a book called The Power of a Praying Wife. And I have heard amazing things about it from a lot of different people in my life and spiritual mentors. And um, I skimmed through this book before I gave it to her and I, I just read a little bit here and a little bit there and I was just so encouraged and convicted that I even under, ended up ordering myself one, but it's called The Power of a Praying Wife and um, it's just this book about this testimony of this woman who loved her husband and then continuously prayed for him and how her prayers really impacted his life. Um, and I say that to say to you, if you love somebody, if you want to love somebody, the best thing you can do is pray for them. Whether they know it or not, prayer is powerful. Prayer is so powerful and it's such a loving thing to do. So the fifth answer or the fifth way to love that we're going to be talking about is to answer without arguing. And that's from Proverbs seventeen one. Now, I think that this looks different for every person. Maybe you're super prone to getting into arguments. Maybe you're more docile and you don't like conflict. I don't know. Um, but to answer without arguing, and this is coming from Proverbs 6, or Proverbs, I'm sorry, Proverbs 17, 1. Um, and there's a lot in Proverbs about our words and to be self-controlled, and to not be a fool with our tongue. And I think a lot of the times when we answer in a way that either prompts an argument or feeds into an argument, we end up looking like fools. We're not using self-control. And when there's a disagreement, there's a way to handle it without arguing. And, And when we stir up arguments, it's not really loving. 
and it's not truly honoring the other person. This next one is point number six, way number six, and it's inspired by Ephesians 4.15, and it's share without pretending, and it's in regards to our words, um, and to share our words with care, to speak with truth and love um, so that we can help people grow uh, in a way that is honoring, in a way that will push them closer to to Christ, to share words of truth, not just to share words to tickle the ears of others or to condone others or to people please, but to actually share truth because that's what we all need. And, And that's what Jesus did. The seventh way to love is inspired by Philippians 2.14 and joy without complaining. Now, this is one of my favorite points and I think it's really important to just not complain. I think that it's really unloving to the people around us for many different reasons. Um, But how contagious is a joyful heart? If you're in a circumstance and someone next to you is able to just enjoy the things and not complain and point out all the good, imagine how that can affect you. But if you're standing next to someone and they're a dark, stormy rain cloud pointing out all the negative things, imagine how that's going to impact you. Think about which way you want to impact people and, and in love, how you can enjoy things without being a Debbie Downer, without being a complainer. Point number eight is to trust without wavering, and that's inspired by Corinthians 13.7. And I know in the relationship my husband and I have, one thing that has helped our love grow and foster and and become what it is, is having a trust um, and having a mutual trust for each other that we know no matter what, we have each other's back and we're going to take each other's word. Uh, I was listening to a sermon by Paul Washer, who is one of my favorite preachers, and he was specifically talking about marriages. And he was saying that one of the best ways that us as wife and wives and, and women can respect our husbands is by trusting them. And in my experience, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. If we're constantly distrusting and putting someone down and saying, I can't trust you, I don't believe you, and double-checking, it's going to make the other person feel really unloved. It's going to make the other person be really paranoid and defensive. But if we're able to step back and in love say, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust God with this situation. I'm going to trust God with this relationship. And I'm going to trust that God's hand is in this. And we're able to speak encouraging words, kind words, and instill that we trust them. I find that people will either rise up to who you want them to be or descend to who you're speaking them to be. If you're speaking words that are helping someone grow, saying, I believe in you, I see this in you, I believe that I can trust you. I know this is who you are. A lot of the times people are going to feel encouraged and inspired by those words of life and rise up to the occasion. And on the flip side of that, when you're telling someone they're this, that, and that, they're never going to change. You can't ever trust them. They're going to rise down to the occasion. They're going to feel really discouraged 
and think, why would I ever change if there's never going to be trust? And I think that goes with any relationship we have um, in regards to no matter who it is in our life uh, and, and no matter how the Lord is positioning and changing those relationships. Number nine, the ninth way to love is to forgive without punishing Colossians 3.13. Now, this one is really important for us to talk about and just take a second on because, man, oh man, we cannot talk about this point without talking about the goodness of God. It is so amazing to understand the grace that God has for us, that he wipes us clean and makes us as white as snow. That is from scripture. That is in scripture. Um, and, and knowing that, how can we ever forgive somebody but continue to punish them? When God forgives us, when we go to him with repentance, he makes us as white as snow. He forgives us. That's in scripture. That's in Psalms. So if someone comes to us and they have a repentant heart, how can we continue punishing them? How can we do that if we're going to extend the grace of God? If we truly forgive, then there is no need of punishment because our job is not to deliver justice. And even if the person isn't repentive, even if you never hear an apology, your job is to forgive and not not punish them. That is the most loving thing you can do. Because when you're unforgiving, the only person it's hurting is you. And I think a lot of the times when we desire forgiveness so much, we feel like we need justice because we've been hurt. But justice is not our job. Justice is God's job. And, and God is the only just judge and he's going to deal with us all. But it's not our job to deliver that justice. It's our job to work through whatever's hurting us in our hearts and forgive. This last way to love is to promise without forgiving. And it's inspired by Proverbs 13, 12. And I think it's really important because this, this scripture actually reads, and I, I want to read it to you. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I think a lot of the times that we can have people or all know people who make empty promises. And, and nothing hurts more than an empty promise, than a word spoken that we, they say is going to happen and it never happens. And you just feel let down, unseen, uncared about, and unloved. One of the best ways to love is to be mindful of how we speak, to not promise things that we cannot fulfill, but to only promise things we know we can fulfill and not forget what we promise. And when I think about this point, I, I so much think about my children and I so much think about my relationship with them and, and how I never want to let them down, although I know I do. And it makes me think about our relationship with God, our Father, and how He makes promises that he's never broken and that he will always fulfill and he has fulfilled since the beginning of time. Um, and what a lesson that is to us that we need to be making sure that all the words we speak and the promises that we are saying to people are not empty promises, but they're ones done with love, with the intention 
of not forgetting them. Friends, I just want to thank you so much for hanging out on today's podcast episode. It was such a joy and an honor to talk to you. I am so thrilled that we got to have this conversation today, and I really hope that it leaves you inspired and motivated. Uh, If you haven't already found out about it, we have an October podcast giveaway, Um, and I'm super pumped because the stuff you guys can win this month is amazing, Uh, just incredible. Um, The fuzziest barefoot dream socks and some other amazing goodies. I want to keep them all for myself, but I know I can't give that. I can't do that. Got to give it to you. Um, So if you haven't already, go ahead, leave a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, and once you do that screenshot it dm it to me on instagram at inspiring honey or email it to me at inspiring honey at gmail.com it is absolutely absolutely an incredible giveaway you don't want to miss out on it go ahead and do that uh if you're not friends with me on instagram go ahead follow me there i'd love to hear from you can't wait to hang out this week on social media and i can't wait to talk to you in next week's podcast episode I really want to let you know that this month's podcast giveaway is amazing. It is just the most cozy box for October you could possibly have. One of the candles in it smells like a fresh baked apple pie. Like I wish I could let you smell it through this podcast. And the socks are Barefoot Dream socks. They are incredible. And there's just a lot of fun goodies in this. So if you want to learn how to win the October podcast giveaway. Listen to the end of this episode. And don't forget to join my email list, which I have down below.